Podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, this is consecutive days talking to me. Are you going to be able to? We're going to have three shows in a row where you talk to me. Are you Are you okay with this? You good? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm you know I'm refreshed <laughs> from the trip and whatnot. Welcome back. And I have <laughs> the Lakers are zero and zero right now, so I have nothing to be too mad about. So yeah, I, I can I can endure. How hard? I'm I'm not kidding. I'm rooting for Greece this weekend because it looks like Team USA is going to play the Greece team, the Greek team. Uh-huh. Uh, are you are, are you going to join me in that endeavor? It's an interesting math calculation in that, like, how many Celtics need Four. to be on Team USA before One. I start rooting against my own country? <laughs> One, and a single Celtic. I figured out. <laughs> I figured out that the number is definitely lower than four in my threshold because I'm like, I hope you MFers get embarrassed at some point. And now that makes me a bad American, but you know, Does Tatum, it? I was actually, I was disappointed that Tatum hurt his ankle, yeah. not out of sympathy for a fellow human being, which should be my, you know, mm-hmm. my feelings on it, but they are not. It's like, I'm disappointed that I don't get to watch him go like three for 11 in a loss against some team that they have he no business losing to. You know, he was like, bro, he's like not him and and Kemba and who's the smart and smart, smart, right, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. All them dudes were like nine for thirty-two over yeah. a couple of games. You know, like I don't know against They're, Turkey. Against Turkey. <laughs> against Turkey. Uh, no, I'm. I'm. I. My number. So basically, if the number of Celtics outnumber the number of Lakers on the team, that's uh-huh. my, that's my rule. And this this fervently meets that expectation. And then Pop. Like, Pop has been a big jerk to the Lakers. He's been hugely a dickhead to the Lakers over the last few years. So go Greece. Go Giannis. Giannis is a better, like, he's a better story. I like him, like, as as a person off of the court, too, based on what little I know about him. You know, he just seems like a cool dude. Really like smoothies, mm-hmm. right? So, like, I, I'm 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 all on board the the Giannis thing. Go Greece. Um, today's show, we have a few questions to catch up on uh, to get us into the weekend uh, and 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 get caught up all the way for for Monday's show next week when we answer we open up the mailbag again. Uh, we have. A couple topics that we could touch on. One that we definitely have to touch on, and that was Josh Hart. We're gonna we're gonna introduce Pete. You've never played Fifty Shades of Shade. Yeah, I don't even know what it is. So Fifty Shades of Shade uh, was a game that Harrison and I instituted back when uh, the Lakers were coming off of playing for Byron Scott. And and it's good. This actually really works out because we could explain this to new listeners too. But we instituted this game. We implemented this game um, as a means to figure out, all right, how much shade was player X throwing at Byron based on stuff <laughs> okay. that they were saying? <laughs> I love it. I love on, it. on a scale of 1 to 50. Uh, this one's fairly straightforward. I don't think it was. I don't think it's. It's all that hard to rate this on a scale of one to fifty. But based on what you heard, and here's the here's the quote: uh, 
So Lonzo was talking about uh, Lithuania, and he goes, quote, Lithuania is very depressing. I went there to go visit his brother. I wouldn't do it again. It's hella gloomy. Nobody smiles. It's like everybody just hates that they're there. I'm like, damn, I have to get out of here, bro. Hart goes, sounds like L.A. Then they kind of laugh back and forth. He's like, oh, come on. That's not like L.A. out here. And he goes, Hart goes, I'm not talking about the city. (laughs) And then they kind of laugh again, and and you kind of get it. You understand what the inference is here. Um, And then Hart just comes out and says, I was going to say the Lakers organization. Right. So it's hard to really call it shade after that third line. Right. It, it seems like fully out in the sunlight, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a 50. I'm going to give it a 50. Now, and you and I, you and I agree on this. After the fact, Hart comes out and tweets out, let's just make this clear. I love my time in L.A. and love my coaches, teammates, and training staff. Got nothing but love and respect for the front office. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, man. To like quote Dwight Howard. I, say it with your chest. Right? Yeah. You said this yeah. on your podcast with a bottle of you, a glass of your wine in front of you, yeah. with your homie on the show, with your podcast co-host, with full editing powers. Yeah. If you did not want that to go out there, so for one, it's foolish. Like they actually joked you, about editing it out. Right, right. Like if you don't want that out there, this is not, this is not a reporter taking what you said out of context or a little video clip that's done by the local TV station after a game and you're a little you're a little heated because of something that happened and right. you let something slip and now it's out of your control right like you you had p- power over whether or not this showed up for a long time First of all, secondly, there's nothing wrong with what he said in the respect that, like, if he didn't enjoy his time here, of which there are many reasons for him to have not enjoyed his time, like, yeah, maybe they're going to be, oh, he's throwing shade at the Lakers. If that's how the man feels, then that's how he feels, like, but say it with your chest. And the whole backtracking, oh, I didn't mean the organization, I just meant one person. MFR, you said the Lakers organization, you said that. We saw you on video saying it, right? This doesn't mean that Josh Hart is our enemy now or anything like that. I just think the way he handled it, like I, I, I thought the backtracking was much weaker than the initial comments. I actually liked it when he first said it. Of course he didn't like it there. He was yeah, asked, there's plenty of reason not to, right? Yeah, like it, it made perfect sense. It made perfect sense that he would be upset there. You know, like you and I have probably both worked jobs that we were not particularly. I have said on this show specifically that I had a dream that I was literally dying at the job I had before I started doing this stuff. Like literally, Mm -hmm. like I had, I got (laughs) in my dream, I got shot. I could feel it. I hated being there. (laughs) And it was so bad that I was willing to work for $25 a month doing this to just start out. Of course I hated high right. I'm saying it with my chest. If they asked me about it, I'd say, yeah, working for you sucked. Like Mm -hmm. for, for the Lakers, it made perfect sense. I completely understand why Hart was uh felt like his role got got you know kind of tossed around all over the place he he wasn't thrilled with the role that he played under he thought that he could do more based off of a summer league which you know it's kind of laughable but fine if you feel that way you feel that way playing for playing alongside lebron probably isn't a lot of fun i have an article coming out in 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 silver screen and roll tomorrow saying that like Kevin Durant said that the circus that's, that follows uh, LeBron James around is 
pretty tedious, and I can understand They're why. Toxic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and I can understand why Hart would take that, would take issue with that. Uh, playing for Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka and the nepotism and cronyism that goes on within the Lakers, also probably really frustrating. Just let it out there. It's perfectly fine. It's great. Right. I don't think and anybody knows that against like, When he made his initial comments, I was like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I'm not acting like I'm a player on the team, but yeah. I'm around enough to where it was like, yeah, that was a bummer of a place to be yeah. around. Harris, Harrison said the same thing. Multiple other people have said the same thing. Like, the mood was bad. We yeah. talked about it last year when we were recording the show and whatnot. Like, it's okay that you didn't have a, a good time. But once everybody starts going, ooh, he's calling out the Lakers, yeah. and then it becomes, oh, wait, no, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want the backlash yeah. from this. Well, that's what's, part of the deal. That's what's part the of the backlash, deal. by the way? Right. Yeah. What's there, the, there's, the Lakers aren't going to trade for you? What? Like, who cares? Right. Exactly. <laughs> You're in New Orleans. It's a much fun, It's a much more fun city anyway. Enjoy your time out there. And I mean, we just signed friggin' Dwight Howard a couple of days ago. Like our bridges are made of titanium, very, very difficult to burn. Right? Like, yeah, it's gonna be okay unless you're Jerry West for some reason. Um, you, you know, you're probably there's a path back if if your career comes to that. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I just thought it was weak how he how he handled it, it when his initial comments. Like there wasn't much wrong with it. Yeah. Um, let's take a quick second. I want to, we have a little bit of time here. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the Lonzo ball, big baller brand shoe thing. Cause I found that really interesting. Mm-hmm. I, the more I thought about it, you and I kind of went back and forth on whether or not we were going to touch on it the show. I thought it was interesting. I found it really interesting and, and kind of a look behind the scenes as to what was going on there that, that a lot of people kind of like, I, it wasn't something, it didn't exactly shock me. And that's what I found interesting. So let's come back and we'll talk about that here in a second. I have a feeling the reason Hart's comments came out was because aggregators started listening to the podcast <laughs> after Lonzo said the stuff about his shoes, right? Because that's uh-huh. where it started. The, the day yesterday started with Lonzo saying that he had to change shoes in between quarters and that his shoes were literally exploding on him. It was an inferior product, right? Mm-hmm. And at the time, and there have been like the, the response when I said I, I wasn't necessarily shocked by any of this. There were some people in my mentions who were saying, well, it was getting positive reviews. The shoes were getting positive reviews. And I'm saying, Joe Blow at the YMCA isn't exactly putting his shoes through the same wear and tear that Lonzo Ball is in an NBA game. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that was my concern back when the big baller brand thing was a thing, was that mm-hmm. you have companies like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, uh, now Puma, are putting billions of dollars into this industry. Right. You have careers that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I'm an athlete, I, I suffer from feet problem as is. And that's debilitating as it is for an out of shape mid thirties podcast host. I couldn't even imagine <laughs> I couldn't even imagine like being a professional athlete, having to rely right. on your mm-hmm. feet to that extent, entrusting mm-hmm. something like that to to even some and, and it gets complicated because it's his dad, but but I couldn't imagine entrusting something so important to something that was so clearly inferior. How I, that's that that was my takeaway from it. Like, well yeah, that's that's it's not shocking but it's also not great how did you take it there's 
so I want to set this up with a little bit of context first. Uh-huh. I am pre- I am predisposed to liking and rooting for yeah. people who I consider to be iconoclasts, mm-hmm. right? Iconoclasts being people who go against the norm, right? Like fight up, fight against the icons and the way that things are done. You got this guy who's this really proud father who is braggadocious. And the thing about LeVar, I'll tell you this. I've coached AAU basketball and coached high school basketball. There are a lot of LeVar balls yes. out there in terms of those type of dads who think their kid is the shit and will defend them. To it. We should all be so lucky to have parents who support us yeah, in that way. Father right? father isn't a problem whatsoever. Right. And then the, taking that a step further and going, you know what? There are a lot of people that make money off of the backs of these yeah. young men who really their contribution is not equivalent to the profit that they get from it. Mm-hmm. Says so him saying, hey, I'm going to try and cut out the middleman. We're going to try and make our own shoes. We're going to try and put together our own TV show, show on Facebook, or, you know, and ball ball on the family. And so for me, all of this, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, go for yes. I hope you succeed. I hope that you flourish and that you create kind of this new paradigm in which others will follow you after mm-hmm. seeing your success. So I I was and in a large extent I continue to be rooting for the success of Lonzo Lavar, the whole big baller brand idea. There all of that being said, there is a significant degree of recklessness in yes. how they've handled things. That is the common trait through the shoe ordeal, through Alan Foster. Alan Foster was convicted of yeah. fraud. Mm-hmm. You got this dude running your books, yeah, and you didn't even He's run fresh a, out of like, jail. You didn't even look into him. Yeah, like it took and, Ramona Shelburne mentioning it to him, right. And 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 there's that there's this oh we're gonna set up this business and people didn't get their shoes for how long right like it's yeah. this whole like hey we have this idea and like a lot of a lot of times there are ideas people and then there are people who execute the yeah. minutia and the details I tend to be more of an ideas person who has to force himself into being responsible and <laughs> executing the minutia <laughs> right. and all of that right um, so I actually have a great deal of respect for people who can do the boring shit that helps you get things done and accomplish Uh things. There seemed to be no appreciation for those type of people. The whole idea that you send your son who you have intentionally taken away like the positive elements of the existing paradigm with the shoe companies. You've got this degree of support and expertise, and this is what we do. We've been making shoes for professional athletes for X number of years. You don't have to worry about, about things like that with them. So when you take that support away, and you choose to do it on your own, you better test the hell out of that shoe. You better make sure that the kid that you've now stripped away a lot of the support structures from, you better make sure that he is safe and secure, able to, that the shoe meets up to a standard that you were talking about a moment ago of, like, he's not, you know, Joe Schmo at the YMCA. He's a professional athlete. Can he do his job in those shoes? And that was obviously not the case. And when you take that in contact with everything else that they've done, there's a recklessness there that I'm really afraid for what Lonzo's career is going to be and for what the success of what I think something that could have been really cool could have been as a result of that that recklessness built in. Yeah, everybody everybody looks back and remembers Steve Jobs. But Wozniak was just as important to Apple actually coming to coming to fruition. Absolutely. Right. You need both kinds of people. Absolutely. And and yeah, and, and look, I'm 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 rooting a little less, you know, to, to, to a lesser extent than I was at the beginning. Because yeah, the the idea that 
like he wanted to take down the uh, the NCAA. If you're rooting mm-hmm. against the NCAA just because you don't like the braggadocia of of LeVar Ball, that's a you problem. You should right. always you be rooting. You, you should always. You mean be if you're rooting, rooting for them? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. if you if you're if you're rooting for the NCAA just because you don't like Lavar Ball, like that's a that's a statement against your own policies, <laughs> against against what you have going on there. Uh, some of these shoe companies. You're, he's absolutely right. You know, to take these kids for for hook, line, and sinker. The a- agent situation with with some of the stuff is is kind of dubious as well, right? I understand where he was coming from, but you also have to. And this is this is where this is where I lose a little bit of respect for 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 Levar. If you're going to do this and put your sons at risk while you're doing it, and you're not going out there and executing the details and the minutia or finding somebody who can, mm-hmm. like that's that's not cool. That's where I start not to say. That's where I start to say. Look, you could put yourself at risk, but when you're messing with your kids, you got to mm-hmm. make sure you execute every single effing step along that path, so that the stuff that happened doesn't. Right. Right. You'd figure that someone like that, like if that's your son, you're more invested yeah. in making sure that your kid is going to be okay. Right. right. It's one thing who, if it's a you know big shoe company or something, who everybody who comes in and out, it's a business transaction. They're cash cows. Right. This is your kid, man. Take right. care of them. Right. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's where I kind of I, I lost some of the stuff. And and look, it's tough because. It, Saying no to your father when you're as close as Lonzo oh, was yeah. to Lavar is difficult. It's complicated. And you're young. It's and, su- and you're like 19 years old. Ooh. It's super complicated. Like for example, I I side liberal. I'm not getting into politics, but my my parents are both super conservative, and arguing with my parents when I was young was tough because here I am talking to people that I've looked up to my entire life. Mm-hmm. And yes, we've had a, a complicated relationship growing up, but it, this is still something that like I I couldn't understand. Like this was the first time in my life that I couldn't relate to my folks. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I still said what I said, you know, I still took the gave the po- talking points that I was going to give there because the stuff that we were talking about was very important to me, you know, on on the different sides of the policies that we were talking. And you know, in this case with Lonzo, it's tough. You know, again, it's really tough. I don't. I. I'm not going to compare his relationship to his dad to to mine with mine. But at the end of the day, you're talking about. You know, you got to take ownership of this stuff. That's why I was really excited heading into this next year when he was starting to take some of this ownership on it. Mm-hmm. When he mm-hmm. was starting to say, "No, I'm 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 going to focus on what's best for me." Big Baller Brand, they they can try and do their own thing, but but I'm going to focus on what's best for me moving forward. I was really excited, and I remain really excited to what he's capable of now that he's learned to do that, learned to stand on his own two feet. Ironically, in in different shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's going to be and that's going to be a process, right? It's not a black and white like, oh, I'm my own man now, right? right. And this is something where Lavar's still involved, and it it will be a process for Lonzo to learn when he takes the reins, when he can trust his dad to handle things. But that's part of what I liked is that like. Lonzo decided, like, hey, I got burned. Well, yeah. What am I going to do about it? I got to yeah. take control myself. Like, it's nice 
one of the best things about being an adult is it's nice to be able to make your own mistakes. Yeah. Right. And not be like, Hey, like I made plenty of mine in my life and on, on pretty much all of them, I've been able to be like, well, X, Y, Z put me there. Like, Oh, Oh, poor Pete. He's in the hospital about to die. I went 15 years without going to the doctor, getting an issue checked (laughs) out. Right. right? Like, thank you for all of the support. But like, I was also a dumbass in how I handled it. It was my mistake and I got to own that mistake. But that's part of the, the value of being able to do that. Right. And be able to learn from it Mm -hmm. and be able to alternate. And you're fortunate that you are able to. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, and, but it allows you to grow, right? If you make your mistakes and you feel the consequences from your mistakes, you go, okay, I'm going to do something differently next time. When a mistake is made for you by somebody else, it's much more difficult to learn that lesson because you almost invariably would have handled things at least a little bit differently. Yep. Yeah, that's I, I agree 100%. And that's kind of why the whole LeVar thing, making mistakes with his kids being the people that have chips in the, in the middle of the table, that's where I started to lose some of that respect. But let's take a quick second. When we come back, we're going to answer your questions uh, and send everybody off until the weekend. There are some fun ones in here. Uh, the one especially that, that I think is we're going to have – I'm probably going to have to go back and do some editing so that we can think about this a little bit. But uh, hang tight. We'll be back to that here in a second. All right. The first question here uh, comes from BM525295. Love the show, but I have a pressing proposition. You ready for this, Pete? Okay. You and Pete should make a bet where the stakes are, Anthony, uh, I have to do an AMA on the Lakers subreddit, (laughs) (laughs) and Pete, you have to make a Jason Kidd film breakdown video. What would we be betting on to to warrant those stakes, um, and and how would we want that decided? (laughs) Y'all are some twisted MFers <laughs> in this audience. Like, so as soon as I, you know, we started the whole pineapple on pizza thing, which Lord knows we're not the first people to talk about no. that. I don't even know how we ended up talking about it. My Twitter mentions, thanks to you, yeah, became this whole like, would you rather die in a fire or suffocate? <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Like, like they like stop. my show, dude. Why are you why are you surprised here? <laughs> saying it says a lot about you people and maybe the fact that you listen to us yeah says a lot about us in turn yeah but, um i don't know man do you know what would we be talking about what or would what would we bet? put stakes well, on the last bet that you and i made lasted i think all of a game right yeah the, yeah the, the, last... the lakers will not <laughs> <laughs> confidently declared the lakers will not lose another stupid game for the rest of the season <laughs> next night in phoenix the exact ne- yeah uh the, the the like hours after that podcast released you lost that bet what would be a good bet to have here um all right do you think dwight howard makes it to the all-star break yes i do i do not I could see that when he popped up with that haircut, the haircut, that beard. Oh my god! There's just a lot going on. I mean, like you know, I yeah. Who cares what a, what a man looks like? But just in a whole general sense of like, this person has their thing together. There's yeah. a lot going on there, man. Here's, but, here's a dude who told us to take him seriously, and then he showed up with like that going on. Which I think he, it was uh, Andrew Ungvari was like he basically said the same thing, but he showed up looking like a tiger cub had mauled him. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a pretty apt description. Yeah. It looks that, that's that's really well done. Drew, if you I aren't wanna... following, you got to follow Drew. But, uh, yes, for all sure. All right. So do, do you want to make that bet? But I, what am I going to do with Jason Kidd, like, film breakdown in, what, January? Yeah. Nobody's going to watch that. Yeah. We well, can I mean, stick... you, you're telling me, look, you have to make one video. I have to go deal with the people on Lakers Reddit who hate me. <laughs> You just mute notifications, man. There's, uh, <laughs> look, man, I, I don't have any problem with having some type of bet where we've got stakes on the table. I'm just saying, like, what's the like? Make me make a video that's going to have some use to people. It's not about the time that I spend. I've got no problem making some other absurd video. I'm just saying, in January, no one gives a shit. Well, in January, that'd be right around the time that Jason Kidd would be taking over for Frank. the actual head coach. I might have to take. That's the thing too. Is like you're asking me to make a video on an assistant. You might coach. have to take anyway. <laughs> Bro, if he becomes, I'll tell you this: if he becomes the head coach, I will make a video video on him begrudgingly begrudgingly but uh yeah we, we can put some stakes on something but we're gonna have to find some something right. different if i lose the bet all right well just like you have to eat a whole pineapple pizza um I, how about that i will eat a slice of pineapple pizza if if dwight howard is not on the lakers by the all-star break that sounds good to me Deal. i mean it doesn't right. sound good i we've gone over that but <laughs> i will agree to those terms you gotta eat all right i want you to we'll do that but you got to eat that slice with the way that I get my pizza. Oh, right. The, the, oh, the you're ham. trying to convert me. You're, you're trying to I use am. This convert me into a believer. That's pretty show, slick. Show, show how good that pizza actually is. Oh. I've actually already started converting people, as you've seen in your mentions. Lord knows. Uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm down for that. All right. Next question here comes from uh, Next Lakers Dynasty. Love you guys. Thank you. Team Pineapple Pizza all the way. Thank you twice. With LeBron doing Space Jam, what are some other movies you would like to see remade starring NBA stars? Personally, I think it would be amazing to see an 80s comedy classic, Think Twins, with uh, LeBron James and Kevin Hart. Uh, That would be hilarious if, if LeBron can act. I would remove Kevin Hart. The funny thing here about LeBron is that he could do a movie with any actor and make them look like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh-huh. made Danny DeVito. So he doesn't yeah, like have to Schwarzenegger be. Schwarzenegger is not that tall, right? He's like, like five, he's, he's like five, eight. Yeah. Some, yeah. Something like that. Um, that is a very good question. This gets me to like, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a basketball movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a tough one to think of on the spot. Um, I want to do one. So, this is he did he took it in more of a fun direction, uh-huh. but it's weird to me that we don't have better basketball movies. Mm-hmm. I want like a basketball field of dreams, right? You know, like just some, something like that, and and I would watch that with like somebody. So say player X steps away from the game. Just loses all interest in the game. What's like Kyrie Irving after he figures out that the world is actually round, right? <laughs> he 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 goes down this dark path of like, oh man, all these realities that I can I, I convince myself of. I gotta I gotta refine, you know, myself and 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 convince myself to live in in the actual reality everybody else is living in. And in that process, he loses all of his love for basketball. But the only way that he can get back to basketball is to build this backyard basketball court on like packed dirt double rims like old bat like wooden backboards and stuff like that this magical court gets him back to like reality and 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 lets him find himself again i'd watch that 
So who would I be think the? Ky- I think Kyrie can act too. Who would be the antagonist in that movie? Who's the bad guy? The antagonist would be. Oof, that's a good question. So Can in this plot, like Kim- you're, you're you're about you know you're Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker. <laughs> oh, because he's the guy who replaced him in Boston. Yeah, right. Uh, that makes him a bad guy for different reasons, but. Um, <laughs> This movie will never work. Yeah, you're, you're just... better at these uh, better at these than I am. For me, the the my favorite basketball movie is White uh-huh. Men Can't Jump. That's there's a good one. A, there's it's a lot of the just like basketball playing on a blacktop type of culture. Yeah, I remember I used to play at a at Dominic Masari Park in Palmdale, and there was just like there's just characters around, and there's people yeah. hustling each other. I remember, you know, I'm like. You know how short I am, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, some dude, he didn't even really dunk on me. It was, like, a two-on-one, and he was, like, six eight, six nine. Dude threw him a lob, and I was just underneath, and he dunked on He dunked on me. I'd never spoken to this dude before, and it was, like, the Marquez Johnson type of situation. Raymond, right? Uh-huh. And or he's getting all – like, he was just stoked that he dunked <laughs> – he dunked in a, in yeah. a game. And so he catches the lob and like the, his momentum kind of swung him around. Right. And he lands right in front of me and he like gets in my face as much as he could with like, you know, freaking foot and a half <laughs> difference. Right. And he gets in my face and I'm like, yo, what's, what's going on? And, but there were always characters like yeah. that. Right. And so for me, that would be a fun movie to, to remake. Uh, is the question with LeBron or just with, with NBA? Anybody, Any, anybody we can make it with. So who would be – you remember Raymond, right? The guy who like he figured out he was getting hustled. He's like, I'm going to shoot everybody. And then goes to the liquor store and tries to rob it. And he's like, Raymond, is that you? Um, <laughs> trying to think who would Raymond be. I think, Joel, I think Joel Embiid would be a good actor. Uh, yeah. Somebody who could pull off that type of character. I don't you know, know what's man. Funny about are, white men, yeah. What's funny about White Man Can't Jump is that Wesley Snipes was actually not a very good basketball player. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. that I'm blanking on the the other Woody Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson was actually like would run circles around him on a basketball court. Mm-hmm. I I would never have known that. That's just it, like really good editing. Whoever did the editing in that movie should win like all the Oscars ever. Yeah, there's some there's some clues to that. In if you watch <laughs> Wesley Snipes play, it's funny. We were watching. You ever see the office the office episode where they play basketball against the dudes in the warehouse? So I'm just I've just started watching the office and uh, and Parks and Rec. This is how yeah. I am. I'm, I'm this weird, you know, as you guys know, this weird like culture guy where I'm like, so funny. You're like, have you ever Frank heard of the office? Yeah, have yeah, you ever right. <laughs> So there's a scene where, like, part of the storyline is Jim and I forget the dude who Pam was going with at the yeah. time. But they go against each other. There's this, like, kind of rivalry. And Jim, like, they're trying to make Jim out to be this this hooper, right? But, like, they have to edit his handles. He keeps flubbing his dribble. And yeah. they couldn't edit it properly. I remember even I rewound it and showed it to Gene. Like, look, he, this actually drip. This goes out of bounds. He, yeah. he loses control of this. Um, but... You also kind of tell, too, because like in basketball, when you run, you can't bounce like your head. If you're if you're running, if you're bouncing all over the court when you run and you watch Jim run, he runs like in that gangly Mm -hmm. actor kind of style run. Right. And where his feet come right way close to his butt and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah, that was that's another good act, uh, you know, example. You know, it would be a great job. I, I would do, totally do this job. Train For actors, basketball. Yes, yeah. like basketball movies. They've got the most 
It's like nails on a chalkboard. Worst freaking basketball scenes. This is especially true when the when the movie or show is not about basketball. Yeah. You watch these people and you're just freaking cringing the whole time. Right. Just like somebody on set to be like, all right, just do this instead of what you're doing there. <laughs> just to like, there is going to be enough people watching basketball. This is going to drive crazy. Let's just fix this little problem. And also explain to the director like how basketball works. Right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like no, no, they can't. They can't dribble after they picked up the ball. That's illegal. You know. Yes. Yes. That's good. All right. Uh, let's go. Another couple questions here. Trust Busta writes. I know you hate the Dwight move. I also know that you and Pete say Lakers fans can talk themselves into anything. However, <laughs> do you think there's a potential that having Dwight being all he can be would be better than what Cousins would bring to the team, especially knowing how Cousins got hurt? Mm-hmm. I don't like I don't, his his ability to hold up. I think is the point that they're making there, right? Like that, like Boogie got hurt on like a basic basketball move, just yeah. collecting himself. Yeah, he was right going to get hurt, right? That's 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 where I'm going with mm-hmm. that. So I guess, I guess the question is like, that, what's it's like a comparison of best case scenarios for each guy? Is that basically mm-hmm. the question? Um, and like, which 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 best case scenario is more realistic? Let's let's take it there. Um, well, for health reasons, it's Dwight, right? Not, mm-hmm. And that was probably true before the Boogie injury as well. I think he's less of a health risk, although he has his own, than Boogie was. The The argument for Dwight actually being having a higher ceiling than Boogie does is his foot speed, his ability to r- rim run. And there were going to be circumstances, and I was saying this while advocating for Boogie and how important he was, there were going to be circumstances where he was played off of the floor. Mm-hmm. Dwight is pretty bad in pick and roll coverages as well but there are fewer instances in which him being slow like he's he's not as slow as Boogie yeah. was mm-hmm. and that so that like he can block shots yes he can rebound he can finish on lobs above the rim you can if he can basically be you know diet Clint Capella like that's a really good best case scenario for the Lakers in a way that so like Boogie's trump card is his playmaking. But if that, that would have been overridden by his foot speed. It's still mm-hmm. an issue with Dwight and his ability to defend on the perimeter, but not to the same degree. So I think that that's the, if he's asking like, is there a version of this that looks like that? I think that's what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I don't really have anything to add. I'm I'm still skeptical that we get to any of like I think it was more realistic that we get to a a boogie best case scenario where he actually helps the Lakers. I think that was more realistic than than Dwight. But again, we saw Boogie get hurt on a pretty straightforward layup. And mm-hmm. if he, if his body gave out there, it was probably going to give out somewhere else down the line. All right, let's do two more questions here. This one's pretty easy. We'll start with this one. D3DS asks, hey, Anthony, quick question. How would Shaq fare in today's NBA? All-star, superstar, whatever? Great question. Um, superstar and he is like a transcendent. Look, for me, Shaq... Shaq could have been the best who ever did it. Mm-hmm. Shaq had Shaq's peak was absurd, and we don't talk about that enough. Yeah. Later on, now there's the whole well. The post game has gone out of style. Thing. Now Bigs, people forget, bro. Do you remember rookie Shaq? You might be a little yeah. young for this, but no, I rookie. Remember. Okay, like rookie Shaq was like 295 pounds and ran the court like a guard or a wing. A gazelle. It was insane. <clears throat> 
Shaq was a good pick and roll player, but that was not as frequent of a play of, of a play that you would run or that you would involve a guy like Shaq in. He would still be able to establish a really deep post position because he was so strong and he was so big and he had better technique than he was given credit for in terms of establishing position and things like that. And he was especially when he was younger, he was a tremendous athlete. He's basically like the ability to post up at a high level. And he would have been a monster pick and roll threat in yeah. today's game. So no, he does not have the outside skills or the ability to be a stretch five or anything like that. Um, but like if Joel Embiid is able to do what he does and yes, Embiid can shoot 17 footers or threes. Occasionally he's not particularly great at any of them. What makes Embiid great is the things that Shaq did great. And Shaq was better at them than than Embiid is. So I think superstar. What do you think? I, there's an article, and Darius actually might still have it in his archive, but I made the I made the point way back in the day that Shaq was actually the beginning of the second or seven seconds or left uh, or, or less kind of era. Interesting. That, that was that was the NBA recognizing there ain't shit we can do with this guy. <laughs> that, uh-huh. the, and so we're just going to try and, and, and tweet the game so far that we give our best mathematical chance of coping with this dude. Mm-hmm. And, and I think as, like, if, you, if you're talking about how would Shaq handle that, I think he would handle it just fine. I, 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 now, there are some scenarios that ha- he would have some problems, but like, find me the perfect player in today's game. Right, exactly. Exactly. You know? And so, it, he would have been dominant. It, to the same degree, it would just would have looked a little bit different. Yeah, so I would, I would have, I would have loved to watch that. And <laughs> the thing that the thing that the reason I think Shaq would be uh, just fine, superstar, goat, whatever. Two things that I think would have really helped him nowadays: the spacing that he gets to work with as a result of the amounts of shooting that he plays with in today's era. That would have made it damn near impossible to deal with him. Impossible. Uh, yeah. He was also an incredible passer out of double teams, mm-hmm. which made him really, really like really hard to defend. That's why he was so dominant in in that era. Um, and then the other thing too, the amount of social media attention and stuff like that. I think it makes it harder for him to slack off the way that he did. Mm, really um, good point. Really and it good makes point. him a better. It makes him a better. Gives him a better career. The, bro, if. It, it, it's hard to say somebody who won four championships and an MVP, and he deserved more than one MVP, by the yeah. way, because he was the most dominant dude in the league for a good five or six years stretch. Right. Um, it, it's it's hard to say that somebody like that underachieved. <clears throat> Kobe and him got into a little dust up uh, yeah. recently about that this. That was another, like, be real, guys. That, that was right. the point of yeah, No, exactly. Well, and for them, it's like, you know, what's the point? This yeah. is relitigating stuff from 20 years ago. But if Shaq, he didn't even need, like, Kobe's obsession with the game. Just had, like, had a solid, like, obsession with the game. Yeah. We would all be talking about who the second best player of all time was. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have even been close. That dude was unbelievable at his peak. And it's mm-hmm. it, it, there's a bit of a bittersweet aspect to Shaq's career when I look back on it in retrospect. Yeah, I completely agree. And also, by the way, insanely charismatic. Like, I was thinking oh, yeah. while you were talking about Shaq, too, that, like, remake Blue Chips. I'd watch Blue Chips with LeVar Ball as the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's such a good idea. That's such that's, a good idea. <laughs> so great. Um, yeah, that's that. I would love to watch Shaq's career take place. Like, if it started 
five years ago, have him like in or near his prime right now, he would mm-hmm. be in, incredible. Just incredible. Um, all right, let's do last question here. Uh, LA24825 uh, writes, Hey, Anthony, I was curious and wanted to hear yours and Pete's all-time Celtics lineups are your, of your uh, most Ooh. hated Celtics of all time. Okay, of that's all- better. I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, like, like, so so, so we'll, I- just do, we'll just do our top five most hated Celtics. So full disclosure, I I think I won a debate with my girlfriend right before we hopped on to record Easy. this. Easy. We and never win. No, no, that's the thing. Like it was the most I've ever walked away. Like she the last thing she said, she was like, All right, that's fair. I could I, I could see it through that. Oh, you know, man. like she's frame, plotting frame. your death. No, right that that's now. the thing, right? It's it's obviously a trap. <laughs> but I came into this episode like feeling really good about myself and yeah. we had this like really lively spirited debate. So this whole time I've like been at eleven and then they asked this question about like <laughs> <laughs> Who's your all-time Celtics team? And I immediately go, what are you doing? Like, what what's wrong? <laughs> Listen to this podcast. You're freaking sadists. Um, so most hated. That I can do that. I can do yeah. that without going past the 11 that I've been at this we'll entire go, we'll alternate episode. Order. All right. Alternate order. Uh, Danny Ainge has to be the yeah. first guy, right? That's an easy yeah. for Next for you. I, 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 there are no athletes in the history of sports that I hate more than Paul Pierce. Interesting. I, what do you, what hate, is it about Pierce? I, I dislike Pierce, but what is it about Pierce that inspires that sort of hatred? Well, he walks around as if Kevin Garnett didn't transform his career. <laughs> that bothers me. My dude, okay. you were not you were you would not be held in the same graces that you are now, and you're still a joke. Like that whole Dwayne Wade thing, that was hilarious, <laughs> right? Um, yes. And then and then it's also. When he got hurt in that, in was it 20, 2008, right? The year that they beat us. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, I never go the us thing, right? Mm-hmm. The year that they beat us, the year they beat the Lakers, when he got hurt, I remember saying to myself, oh, man, I don't want to win like this, right? And I actually, like, felt bad for a Celtic. And then he, like, pops out after taking a shit in the back, in, in the back room and <laughs> and, like, I'm supposed to now like he 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 scarred me forever. He scarred me forever. So that was really super duper lame and 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 I I I just don't like his general approach to analysis. I'm really happy that ESPN fired him. It's just it's makes everything better. All right, who's number three on your list? Yeah, and Pierce is like for me. Pierce is just lame, right? Like he doesn't yeah. inspire a ton of hatred. He's just like guy that makes you roll your eyes. Um, Tommy Heinsohn has oh, been that's a good one. That's burning a really, really up good one. the airwaves with ridiculousness. So yeah. during the during the NBA Finals, Lakers and Celtics played. Gosh, I want to say three or four times during the eighties. Mm-hmm. I think during the eighty five or eighty seven Finals, the it, this was when it was on CBS and they had Chick Hearn doing the play by play and Tommy freaking Heinsohn is his color guy in this whole, like, we're going to have representation from both teams type oh of thing. God. Right. Is before you really had like yeah. national broadcasters and all of that. Anyway, Heinsohn is the epitome of the like biased announcer. And I mean, yeah. hell, we're, we're biased, right? pretty like, straight you know, down the middle. 
Yeah, like, like Chick was Chick, like that. He doesn't get enough credit for not being an insane homer. No, right, yeah, that's the thing is he was rooting for the Lakers, but he was not a homer. He was not somebody who what he saw was determined by what he wanted to see. Yeah, right. He could tell tell it like it was, but he was definitely a Laker. Definitely wanted the Lakers to succeed. Uh, he's I've said many times before he's an idol of mine in terms of his approach to how he did exactly. his thing. Um, and but Tommy Heinsohn and Johnny Most was the play by play guy for the Celtics. And he would. So, yeah, Heinsohn just like just being ridiculous, like that wasn't a foul. And like, yeah, you know, there's like body parts flopping around and the accent. Around. Yeah. And yeah, the accent, just the whole like, yeah, Boston. Affect. That's a really, really good one. <laughs> That's a really good one. All right. Number um, four. Kevin McHale. A good one. Very good. Yeah, I just dude look like Foreman out there from that seventy show. <laughs> and like you you want my hottest take? You want my probably my hottest take that I can give. Okay. I don't think Kevin McHale is nearly as good in today's game as he was back then. Nearly as good. Oh, I don't think that that's I don't think that's that's unreasonable. Like that's a really he he fits a so he was incredibly skilled. He he yeah. had some of the best post footwork of, of all time. He was, I would compare him to Pau Gasol, but shorter and without the passing ability. Yeah. And that's a different player, right? Yeah. Like, that's a good Or player. the range, by the way. Pau developed range. No, for sure. For Mikhail, sure. Mikhail didn't have the kind of shot that you could develop range with either. That that may be the case. He had that kind of awkward turnaround. Really 16, high 17. above mm-hmm. his head release. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Mikhail's a good one. Um, I... The reasons I hated him, so I just don't like, like, he has an extremely punchable face. Like, one of the more punchable faces ever. And also, like, his post-career, like, the way that he approached coaching in Houston uh, was also really bad in Minnesota with with Kevin Love somehow screwed up Kevin Love at the very beginning there. Um, and then also played a central role in sending Kevin Garnett to Boston instead of L.A., which, which you know, Danny Ainge and Kevin McHale don't get enough shit for that. Yeah. All right, last um, one. Our last one. This is one where, like, this dude doesn't bother me so much as what he represents bothers me, and that's Kendrick Perkins. Ooh. The the whole like yeah. we would have won had oh, Kendrick Perkins yeah Kendrick played Perkins. in Game Seven of like look they got killed on the boards I get that they needed size Rasheed Wallace was really good in that game man and like Kendrick Perkins was is like that dude who ML Carr was like this too he was a towel waver but he, he talked some trash too but like that dude who like doesn't have much game but he talks big right like that right. dude who instigates shit but like is not good enough to at anything really back it up. Yeah. And it, right. And so he was that dude, that dude for me. There have been some Celtics that over the years that I've, I've liked that I like, I can't like them cause they're Celtics, but it's like, Hey, I, you know, tip of the hat. I like Dennis Johnson was a guy I, I respected. Reggie Lewis, rest in peace mm-hmm. was a guy that was really fun to watch. Um, but yeah, Kendrick Perkins and the whole doc rivers, we would have never won, you know, it, so he, he's mine. I got three and you got two. Do you have have one more or is, is that it? This is going to shock literally nobody who listens to the show. Rajon Rondo. <laughs> he's just, 
I, I I wasn't particularly. I thought he was hugely overrated back when the when they were good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought like any player who the 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 key to being successful against you is not to guard you. I don't think you add enough to your game or to your team. I remember mm-hmm. remember how Kobe used to guard Rajon Rondo in those mm-hmm. series, and he would be way like Rondo would have the ball wide open, top of the three, like top of the key three pointer. Kobe would be at the free throw line, begging him to shoot, and he's like taking away passing lanes as a result. Yeah. of that. That's a big right. part of why they you know they score you know in the seventies and and eighties mm-hmm. of points in those finals type of series is because yeah you've got you you're basically playing four on five at that point. And then he came to the Lakers and is one of my least favorite Lakers of all time. So. <laughs> Like it was, this was right up my alley. Uh, that was fun. I like I like the Schadenfreude. That's that's always fun to me. Uh, we are all caught up on questions. So when we pick at when we pick things back up on Sunday or when we record Sunday for Monday show, we'll be all caught up on questions. Thank you guys very much for sending in your questions. Uh, keep those coming in the form of a five star review that helps us keep the lights on here, and we guarantee that we will answer those. Uh, but for now, have a great rest of your weekend. Make somebody else's. We'll talk to you on Monday.